Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello there. Well, we now know Norwood Pool is closing, but what do we do going forward with these old rec facilities in Winnipeg? Fix them up or build new, bigger, and better stuff? Waverly West Councillor Janice Lukes will join me on the podcast to discuss, and we'll also talk with Couch Potato Jeff Braun about the Oscars deciding not to have a host this year. Other TV news coming up as well. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, without further ado, the podcast. Janice Luke, City Councilor for Waverly West, joins us. Hello, Janice. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Excellent. Good. Excellent. Good. Thank you for doing this. Um, I like to talk to you about the rec facilities in the city because in Waverly West there, you've got a lot going on on that front. First of all, to the Norwood pool vote, uh, councillors on the Parks Committee have voted unanimously, we just heard this in the news, to close the Norwood pool. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, obviously for the community, it's very sad, right? Because it's been such a such a unifier for the community. And I mean, when you have kids and you go to the pool, I mean, it's sad for the community. But the reality is the whole thing um, can't be repaired. It just can't be repaired due to the water table and the age. And there's a lot of, a lot of factors that have played into that decision. So, you know, we have to move forward with a new, something new, I guess, in that location. So that gets me to the bigger conversation here, and this is what I want to talk to you about. Because we're going to continue, as these facilities, rinks and swimming pools and community clubs get older, we're going to have this decision to make, right? Do we keep patching it up and get through another year, or do we tear it down, sell the land, build a bigger, you know, have three or four big ones around the city instead of all these little facilities. So what is your thought going forward and and maybe tied into what's happening in Waverly West? Sure. So extremely hard decisions are going to have to be made in the coming years. These recreation facilities are very old, very, very old. Um, I think the city's got over 60 of them, community center facilities. And some of them are beyond repair. It's pointless to keep putting good money into old. But it's a bit of a challenge because there's huge value in neighborhood community centers. In a lot of areas throughout the city, you don't have the luxury of having a big empty piece of land to build a a large super center. So I think what's going to happen is, uh, what's going to have to happen is, and we've got a report studying this, of course, we're studying everything, but we've got a report studying this, and it will be coming forward and um, and then we're going to have to decide how to proceed. So, you know, if you look at if you look at a like the Sturgeon Community Center over in St. James, that's a, that's a newer build, right? So an old one closed, and a newer one, a newer facility was built. Not a super center, not a big one, but a newer facility. So I think that we're going to have to do an extremely good job in communicating and working the counselors and the staff working with community with communities to really um, help them understand that we just can't keep funding all these little community centers and that we will have to um, make some closures and, and then 
put more money into either a new one, not a super center, a smaller one, fix it up. Um, but there's going, to, there's going to have to be some closures at some point. We just can't possibly, unless we raise taxes, we can't possibly maintain what we currently have. Yeah, that's personally what I would like to see done. You know, instead of having over 60, let's say the right number is 20, and let's focus on those 20, and if we have to sell the land, Mm -hmm. the others that are no longer going to be used, if we have to sell the land thereon to help finance some things, I I think that makes a lot of sense. But people, it, it does. But you know what? Then passion comes into it, and then there's a lot of emotion, and there's a lot of factors that come into it. And that's why we have to start this conversation. We have to have a long conversation on this, and then we have to make some hard decisions. In the Waverly West area, I mean, basically, this is a whole new city we're building the size of Brandon, 40,000-plus people. But um, there's two community centers out there that are going to be servicing about 60,000 people that currently are. We don't have one gymnasium right now in that area. We do have the fortune of having a big piece of empty land that the city's purchased that we're working through to partner with the school division and, and do this super center model. So that, but that's not going to happen all over the city. We don't necessarily have that, that good fortune all over the city to find parcels of land, but we have to make some hard decisions. We have to communicate. This is the part that worries me because the city is not good at communicating. We have to communicate the job and communicate the intent and, and ideas well and go forward from there. But it's, it's, we just can't maintain the status quo. And the other thing is, the whole model of community centers has changed. If you look at Dakota Community Center, they've got a hired CEO. They've got hired staff. They run that machine like a fine-tooth, uh, you know, just, a, just like a well-oiled machine. And it's servicing the community well. And that's a different model than the volunteer model because times have changed. It's not like it was. Maybe that's better. Well, you know what? Things change. We have to adapt. We're humans, and we will. And is it better or is it not? At this point in time, people don't have the luxury of time that they had to volunteer in previous years. And we're seeing uh, we're seeing this in community centers all over. It's really hard to get volunteers. So yeah, that's maybe a, that, that model. That's a very good point. You know, it has changed in that sense where people did have more time to volunteer, and, and a lot of people don't have that time anymore. You're right. Yeah. They don't. So, so this is there's a report that the first uh, first phase of uh, discussion has come out. It's on the city's website, Parks and Recreation Report, and um, it's more of a here's what we've heard, here's what people like doing. Now we have to drill it down to the next level: is how are we going to deliver that service in these neighborhoods and communities? And each neighborhood and community has different needs and issues and challenges and opportunities, and we're going to have to work through that to figure it out. But you know, there's going to be some hard decisions that are coming down the tube. It's it's kind of like the fire halls. There's some really old fire halls, and some are going to have to be closed, and some are going to have to be um, expanded on, and new ones are going to have to be built. But that's what a growing city has to deal with. And golf courses, that's another one, you know, and there's a lot of talk over the years <laughs> about the golf courses, and maybe there's oh. an opportunity for private to work with public oh, yeah. there. What What about that with the rec facilities? Yes, that's a lively discussion for sure. Absolutely. So all of this is being looked at in the report and uh, in this study. And it's a, it's a really comprehensive study. And, it, you know, I mean, there comes a point, Hal, it's like your own budget at, at home. You, you only have so much money to spend and you have to look at trying to 
optimize it in the best way possible and deliver a service that's a quality service to to residents. And, and this is what we are tasked to do. And it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be pretty. But hopefully in the end, it's going to work for everyone. Yeah. When are we hoping to get a look at that study? Is there a date on that? Well, there's a first phase that's come out, and, and it just was released at the beginning of January. And um, it's not the end result is not going to tell us you should shut down this, that, and whatever. It's not going to say that. It's going to say, you know, more, this is what things cost. This is what the services are desired in these areas. And then it's going to be up to counselors to work together to make decisions with the community on what is phased out and what is enhanced or rebuilt or you know whatever whatever the decision is so but either way it all is going to involve money it's still going to involve money so then and then it comes to well do we close down one do we sell the land and reinvest that one and make a a much more modern facility i lean to that but then people get you know passionate people that don't want to do that so um well, it's going to be interesting in the next few years, let me tell you. Yeah. Well, people don't, if it's in their neighborhood and they make use of it, they don't want to see it go, right? I, I, exactly. under, I understand that. I understand the passion. Like the people behind uh, uh, saving the Norwood pool. I mean, that oh, is a passionate, passionate bunch. And I give them all the credit in the world for it. But you're right. You and other councillors were elected yeah. to make tough decisions involving our tax yeah. dollars. And, and, you know, we have to appreciate and respect that. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, can you react to uh, can you react to a couple of text messages here I'm getting during our conversation? Two zero four seven eighty sixty eight sixty eight. Listener says political mumbo jumbo. Say what it is. The land will now be sold and turned into a large condo complex due to its view. That is a nice area. <laughs> uh, you know what? <laughs> I think any and everything's on the table, and I think we have to be practical. We can redo all these community centers and jack up people's taxes, but I don't think people want that. We have to find a balance, mm. and we're not going to make everyone happy. So yeah. that's the challenge of this role. Yeah. One more, and then I'll let you go here, Janice. Another text message regarding the pool. I'm always skeptical about these types of decisions. It seems as though when dealing with the city, you can never be sure of reports generated to support a decision, whether or not they're legitimate or just produced to support someone's position. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, I sort of lean that way sometimes because I've done some real digging into reports and discovered uh, other perspectives and other truths, right? So, but I do think in this particular situation with the Norwood pool, from the uh, geotechnical and from the water levels and all the complex studying that has been done, and I think Councillor Lard has been very upfront about it, and he tried. Um, sometimes you just can't rebuild something due to water table changes and you know, no report's going to cover that one over. It's it, that's a fact. So, yeah. but I hear his concerns. The sure. Concerns. Yeah. Listen, we just have to face uh, the fact that uh, our city is growing, and things mm-hmm. are getting older, mm-hmm. and we've got to deal with those. Uh, and we're not all going to like the decisions that have to be made. So how? Here's a thought. You know how we're investing hundreds of millions into our roads every single year. What if we went for one year didn't? What if we didn't put the funding into roads? And what if we took that hundred million dollars and we put it into recreation facilities? Just fathom 
how that would change things. Well, but then you know what you would have? You would have nice rec facilities, and you'd have people screaming about the potholes. Well, and therein is where we have to find the balance, yeah, right? Because you can never please everybody. Yes. Bingo. Yeah. Hey, Janice, I always enjoy our conversations. Thanks a lot. I do, too. Thank you, Hal. You All have right. a great day. You, too. Joining me now, one of CGOB's Couch Potatoes, Jeff Braun. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Hal. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Good to see you, sir. I wanted yeah. to get you on for a couple minutes today. It is official. Oh. There will not be a host at the Oscars. Oh, no. What a what a tragedy. <laughs> now, who, who are we going to complain about the day after the Oscars <laughs> for ruining the show? That is a very good point, yes. Uh, now, do you think this is a good thing or not? I mean, I don't mind that they're trying it. They're, they're, they're mired with hurt. Yeah. They've got all these problems of dwindling viewership and that sort of thing. So give it a shot. See what happens. I imagine someone like Steve Martin comes out at the beginning and tells jokes for five minutes and then hands out the first award himself or something. And they just, you think that's what they're going to do? I think they'll do something. They'll use the presenters more as sort of hosts, like little short hosting. Yeah. If they're smart, they get a couple of proven guys like Steve Martin. Yeah. And then, you know, an hour later, Tom Hanks comes for a couple minutes or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. It might work, you know. It's probably worth a try because let's say it was Kevin Hart. Yeah. Let's say he was doing it. And you're not a Kevin Hart fan. Well, you're not going to enjoy the show and you might not watch as much. Whereas it's true. if there's no host and let's face it, people tune in to see which movie's going to win. They tune in to see the different celebrities and what they're wearing and all that kind of stuff. They tune in because there's nothing else on in football season's over. <laughs> well, that's yeah. that's actually not a bad point. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, it. I mean, the ratings, as you said, have been going down and down. Didn't matter who they put in there as a host. Yeah, the numbers were always lower. So yeah, let's let's give it a try. And this year, with a few more you know hit movies nominated, we'll see. Th- I guess that's supposed to be the the thing that'll make or break the show. I've always said that, like I try to watch all the Best Picture nominees. Yeah, because the, and you're one away from watching yeah, them all. I just, now, I just right? need to see Bohemian Rhapsody, which I will do before mm. in the next two and a half weeks or whatever. Yeah. But if I hadn't seen any of those movies, I would. I don't understand why anyone would watch that show if they hadn't seen yeah. at least a bunch of the movies. Here's what I think the Academy should do. Go after proven people like uh, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, yep. right? They did the Golden Globes. People love them. Love them. They're not doing the Golden Globes anymore. Bring them over to the Oscars. Absolutely. Ricky Gervais, bring them over. What about Ellen? She did a good, She's done the Oscars and it was yeah. good. Yeah. Same, Chris Rock and Steve Martin, like I said. Who doesn't like Steve Martin? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Or they, maybe, or maybe do an Oscar show where you bring back a whole bunch of the old hosts, right? Like maybe Billy Crystal does a segment and somebody else does a segment. Uh, uh, a hologram of Bob Hope, right? <laughs> Johnny Carson, exactly. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, it's it. going to be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, we, of course, will let you know all about the Oscars over the next couple of weeks and certainly after as well. One other uh, entertainment story I wanted to ask you about: Modern Family. Yeah. Off TV. One more season after One this. more season, So eh? it'll be 11, which is, uh, it's what that's what Cheers had. It's what Frasier had. So yeah. it's a, that's a long run. It's about time. But it's still a, a very popular show, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I think it's it does pretty well. It so doesn't they're do kind of doing a Seinfeld. Well they're they're going out on top, I guess. Yeah, eh? sort of, not as on top as they mm-hmm. have been, but 
Yeah, it's still been a viable show. I think it's just it's just a longevity yeah. thing after 11 years. And yeah, yeah. Especially when it's about family, all the kids who've mm-hmm. grown up. I stopped watching it like three years ago. So, really? Yeah. I, yeah, my wife still watches it. But you're right. I, I suppose they see the trend going down and they think, well, let's go out while we yeah. still got some people watching. I've always said with very few exceptions, like seven is a very – that's that's the number. Once your TV show has hit seven seasons – there's very few shows that are, oh, did you see season nine? It was amazing. You know what huh. I mean? So, yeah. With yeah. TV shows and marriages, yeah. right? The seven-year rich, apparently. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not, but anyhow. Uh, Jeff Braun, one of the Couch Potatoes. Of course, Brett McGeary is the other one. You guys are, uh, of course, the podcast at cgob.com and yep. everywhere. Absolutely. You find your great, uh, great podcast, and you can also listen to them here on CGOB every weekend, noon on Saturday, 6 p.m. on Sunday. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, help. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.